We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, the Gospel of Mark chapter 6. And in fact, over the next uh, month or so, we are going to be in Mark chapter 6 um, over these next several weeks as it will become an anchor text as we kick off a new message series called Building Blocks. Building Blocks will be an on and off again message series over the next year as construction uh, begins on our first church home. We're going to take time constructing a future legacy of ministry and service here at the Heritage Church of Christ. As we prepare for our future home, we will also prepare for what ministry and service looks like in that church home. And over these next several weeks, uh, in, in particular, Mark chapter 6 will serve as an anchor text for us as we get into this idea, as we begin to look forward to and, and envision what ministry and service looks like at 4900 North Broadway. Um, Okay, I want to begin this way. So kiddos, you need to listen, especially up front, because this is going to be the funniest part of the entire message, okay? I'm going to say something pretty funny, but I need everyone to hear this, okay? Because I, I, I want to talk about a problem that we have. When I say we, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about us faithful followers of Jesus. We generally have a pretty big problem, and that problem is is we have a big butt, okay? We do, we have a butt problem. Because what we tend to do as Christians is we hear a text like, say, Mark chapter 6 that we'll spend a lot of time in over the next several weeks, and we have a butt to it. We hear the callings, we hear the teachings, we pay attention to the Scripture, and we'll listen to the words of Jesus but we'll have, we'll say, we have something. Jesus will tell us to turn the other cheek when we are slapped on our left cheek, turn to them the right cheek, and we'll say, but is that realistic? Jesus will say, when we are being sued, give them your shirt and your coat while they're at it, and we'll go, but is that realistic? Jesus will tell us to love our enemies like we love our neighbors, and we'll go, but are you sure about that? We take these kinds of moments, these kinds of teachings of Scripture, and we have a but problem. And I think this is one of the, the issues or one of the, the grand um, uh, circumstances that we have to confront as God's followers in this world today, is that we have to get out of our own ways in, so, in, in many respects. Is that we have to stop going into Scripture. We have to stop going into, into the words of Christ or into the moments of, in the presence of God, and we have to stop justifying or coming up with an excuse to why we can't do something that we hear or see or have taught from Christ, from Scripture. Mark chapter 6 is one of these moments where we have this wonderful, wonderful moment that takes place. Mark chapter 6, 30 through 44 is the text that I want to read this morning. Because we have this wonderful moment. We have this miracle that Mark records where Jesus is going to feed a whole lot of people. And we look at moments like this and we tend to say, well, that's great. That's wonderful. But what does that really mean for us? But how do we 
That seems unrealistic in the world we live in, and we'll come up with an excuse or a justification in many ways. And I want to unpack this just a little bit, but let's begin with the text, and then let's kind of get into the context here a little bit of what happens in Mark chapter 6. Picking up in verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus, and they reported to him all they had done and taught. Earlier in Mark chapter 6, Jesus sends out the twelve to their missionary journeys, to their ministry work. So for their very first time, he sends them out by themselves. We'll get into that into a future week. Uh, but they come back to Jesus in verse 30 and verse 31. Because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. So he says to them, Jesus says to the twelve, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Verse 35. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. And he replies back to them, or the disciples reply back to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. And are we to go to spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, well, we have five and we have two fish. Verse 39. Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate. And they were all satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful for the words that Mark records in Mark chapter 6. God, we pray that you would speak through these holy words through this holy moment, through this miracle that Jesus provides and provides and provides again. God, may your words hold us, capture us, move us, and encourage us to be more like your Son. Help us, Father, to be the people who give something to eat. Speak to us. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Great, let's start here. Ministry is difficult. So when we start to talk about over the next several weeks and months, over the next year in particular, when we start talking about what future ministry and service may look like for our growing church, we need to understand what we are talking about is difficult conversation. Because ministry is, by nature, difficult. It is hard. And at times it is harsh. Ministry 
requires much of us and often and at times can give very little back. But Jesus chooses the difficult path, if you notice in Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, we have this instance. The 12 disciples are coming back into the midst of Jesus after they go off onto their missionary journeys. They come back into the presence of Jesus, and Jesus recognizes they are tired disciples, that they are worn out. And so he says, let's go off. Let's go rest together. He wants to hear about these stories that are trickling in from his 12 disciples. He says, let's go off and rest. And while they go off to rest, they are interrupted yet again by more people and crowds of others. And Jesus could have said, excuse us, we're going off to rest now. Excuse us, we need to be alone. But what does he do? He chooses difficulty. In fact, Scripture says that Jesus has compassion on the people that are before them. And Jesus chooses not to say, excuse us. He chooses the more difficult path. Tired and hungry these disciples are, and probably Jesus to at least some extent, He chooses to be with these people for a very long time. Mark records that Jesus began to teach them all that all that all these all different things, meaning that Jesus was teaching them for quite a while. Jesus could have said, "Hey, here's a little bit, I'll get back to you." He chooses to continue teaching them all the things before the uh, with the people that are before him. He chooses difficulty in his ministry. As the day goes on, hours upon hours of teaching, Jesus uh, recognizes hunger within the crowd because his disciples are hungry, right? Hey, we're hungry. You remember we were going to go off and eat, so Jesus, let's send them off. We can go get something to eat, and we can finally go rest. And what does Jesus do? He does not say, well, let's, let's send them off. You're right. That makes sense. He says, you give them something to eat. He chooses difficult. Ministry is often and more times than not difficult. It requires people who are willing to accept the difficult path, the path that may be illogical, and the path that may have uh, not enough resources. Jesus chooses to take the difficult path of ministry in moments where it would have been more logical and it would have been, it would have been more well-received from His own disciples to send the crowds away. But Jesus chooses the difficult. A mentor of mine once told me when I was getting into ministry, which is, um, uh, I guess, over 18 years ago, I was getting my first full-time ministry job. A mentor of mine told me, hey, you're going to know you're doing good things once you're taken out back and the church beats you up a couple of times. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you'll know you're doing good when there's a lot of pressure, when it's difficult. And I think a lot of that can come from Mark chapter 6. Because we like to think that ministry is easy going, right? That the idea of ministry ought to be smooth sailing, but ministry is nothing but that. It's everything but that. Ministry is difficult. 
Ministry ongoing takes a lot out of us and it interrupts us and it gets in the way of the things that we think we ought to be doing or ought to be saying or ought to be a part of because ministry interrupts constantly. And Jesus chooses the difficult interruptions. When everything says it makes a lot of sense, it's logical, it it kind of paints the right picture, the moment disciples have returned from their own missionary journeys, the disciples are tired, the disciples are hungry, Jesus is tired, Jesus is hungry. When everything says, you know what, we're going to choose the path of least resistance, we'll come back to you, crowd, because everything we know about Jesus all the way up to Mark chapter 6 is that the crowd's always there, and the crowd's always building. We could have said, you know what, this makes sense. We'll get back to you tomorrow. We're going to go off. But Jesus doesn't do that. He chooses the difficult. He chooses getting beat up and being tired. He chooses being with people over his own needs or wants in the particular moment. And more importantly than his needs or wants in the moment, he chooses the difficult over his disciples' needs and wants in the moment. Now that one ought to resonate with disciples of Jesus this very day. We have a butt problem. We do. We got, we got a, Jesus, we got to send these people off. We got other things to worry about. Well, let's give them something to eat then. So we can all eat together. Oh, but, you know, there's a lot of people here. There's not enough resources in this. There's too much going on here. You promised us hours ago we would finally get to rest and eat, and yet here we are, we got a problem, and Jesus chooses the problem for his disciples. Christians, faithful followers of Jesus, we have to stop thinking that we have to be comfortable and all well-fed, happy tummies before we can do anything in the name of Jesus Christ. Ministry is difficult. It's hard. And there are often times in my 18 years of full-time congregational ministry that I've wondered what in the world am I doing? I remember being in the room when a member of our church passed away. I remember being in that same room when his wife arrived. They were in a nursing home living together. While she was out the beauty parlor, her husband died. Having to be the one to tell her that her husband of 50 plus years passed away, I wondered what in the world am I doing? I remember sitting with a young married couple. They hadn't been married just a little over a year. Worked with them in premarital had been a part of uh, ministry with them in church, sitting with them, married for a little over a year, and them sitting down to tell me we're getting a divorce, wondering how and why. What am I supposed to say and do? I remember being in the hospital when a mother lost her child, officiating that child's Funeral, wondering I am not equipped to do this. I remember entering into a hospital room 
meeting a man who was in much pain, a hard life. Battling cancer in life was very short for him. Being in the room, engaging in conversation as he was hostile towards me, towards God, questioning and wondering why his life was hard and ending and others would go on. Ministry is difficult. And ministry cannot always be set up for us to have success as we would define it. And remember, Jesus chooses His disciples to be in the difficult. We know this because the disciples have a really good reason to send off the crowd of people. They're hungry. We're hungry. They're tired. We're tired. We got no resources here. uh, Jesus, there's no budget. Okay? We don't have a committee to come around and start feeding these people. We haven't been saving up for this. Right? We are ill-prepared to have a feast or a potluck in this moment. They need to go. Now, all of those are pretty logical and sound reasons not to be with the crowd any longer. You spend hours teaching them. We're hungry. They're hungry. We are ill-prepared for this. Send them away. And what does Jesus say? You give them something to eat. Now, let's, let's just dwell in this one for just a second. Because what Jesus' response is, is quite remarkable. Because I don't know anyone that would argue with the disciples' logic here. This is difficult. This is hard. There are a lot of people, as we find out in verse 44, there are over 5,000 people in this crowd. And uh, uh, Mark says it would take a half, uh, a half year's wages. Matthew records in this particular story that it would be two years of wages to feed these kind, this crowd of people. And so the disciples have a really good logical argument. We can't do this. We are not resourced enough for this. We aren't there for this. And what does Jesus say? Nah, you give them something to eat. Take care of it on it. Jesus, yet again, chooses the difficult. And knowing the disciples do not have the resources or the ability in this moment to do it, Jesus yet chooses you to give them something to eat. Jesus does this on purpose. He knows they don't have enough bread or fish. They don't have enough of anything to give this many people something to eat. And yet he chooses them to give them, this crowd, something to eat. You will never be ready enough. I had to learn this some of the hard way. I will never be prepared enough for ministry or service. And this church, we could spend years, if not decades, preparing for ministry and service. We could spend a lot of time getting all the resources, all our ducks in a row, and we will never be ready for what Jesus has before us. Because what we will always bring to the party is five loaves and two fish. And it will never be enough. And here is why Jesus says, you give them something to eat. 
Because it's not them that is providing in the ministry. And we have to stop thinking that it's us providing in ministry. That it's ours to do. Ours to give. That we're the ones that provide the meal. Jesus knows He is the one that will provide out of five loaves and two fish. But He calls His disciples and a faith-filled command to move as if they believe that Jesus will act in a miraculous way. Against all logic, against all reasons, blowing out the budget, getting rid of all these, all these other things that we think we have to have, you will never be prepared for ministry. How many times in your life have you said, has someone asked you, hey, uh, you want to go, go on a mission trip to Haiti? Hey, can you go to the food bank with us this weekend? Hey, we got a family that needs, uh, that, that needs some work done around the house, right? We, we could use some help this weekend. And how many times in life have you responded to some kind of situation like that saying, I don't know how to do that. I don't think I can help you there. You will never be prepared. And you will never have enough. And so church, here's the positive part. I say that facetiously. <laughs> we will never have enough. And we will never be prepared. And yet, Jesus looks at his community, his people, and he says, you give them something to eat. But, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, it doesn't seem right. Oh, I don't know how to do that. But, and the disciples do that. You give them something to eat. <laughs> I can hear the laughter in the disciples when Jesus says that. Who and what is Jesus calling us to feed in this place, church? What does it look like for heritage to take five loaves and two fish and to go out in faith and feed other people? What are the ministries and the services that this community needs, this part of the world needs in the name of Jesus? And what is being asked of us in this moment and the moments to come? What might be before us that seems like it's too much, but God is calling us to this? One of the things that I've learned in my time in ministry is that not only is it difficult, but if it's overwhelming, I'm probably in the right spot at the right time. If it seems like it's going to be a problem, if it seems like it's too much, if it puts me into a place where I don't know exactly what I'm doing, God works. I love how Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Paul says, the old me has died in the name of Jesus Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul's referencing his story. That Christ has changed him. Christ has moved him. Soul is now Paul. Paul now lives in the name of Jesus. And it's Christ who lives and influences everything he does. So he goes on to say, so I live in this earthly body. 
By trusting. How do you live in your body, Paul? By trusting in the Son of God. That Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me. See, Paul understands what it means to live into a difficult ministry where Jesus is saying, you give them something to eat. I don't have enough to give anyone something to eat. He lives in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, the one who's come to this place for you, gave himself for you. And now in this earthly body, in this place that we live, we no longer live for ourselves or in our own logic, in our own resources. We now live in the name of Jesus Christ. Our old self has been crucified with Christ. So Jesus now is able to say, hey, you think you have it hard? I want you to give them something to eat. Why? Because Jesus provides. Jesus provides. He provides in the moment. He provides in our inadequacies. He provides, and again and again and again, Jesus provides. We have to get over ourselves We have to get out of our own way sometimes. And if you think building a building at 4900 North Broadway is going to be the answer to all things and we're going to get nice and comfy because you're looking forward to getting out of metal chairs and into nice comfortable chairs and life and church and community will be nice and easy, you are wrong. As long as I'm your minister, I will promise you this. It will not be easy over there. We will find the difficult and the hard, and we will go out in the name of Jesus because we have died to this place, and we have been raised anew in Him alone. And in His name, we are not called to be comfortable. We're called to do the difficult. We're called to be there in this place, in this community, in His name. We're not building a comfort. We're building an outpost. We're not building a resort. We're building ministry. And it will be hard and it will be difficult. And if that seems like something you don't want to be a part of, then you must also need, you need to start remembering a truth. That when it's hard and when it's difficult, Jesus provides. When did we stop forgetting that? When did it become that we had to have all the things together? One of the things that we're going to do over this next year is we are going to envision and prepare for ministry at 4900 North Broadway. Not so that we can multiply our loaves of bread and fish, but so that we can take all the effort and all the work that we are doing today and transfer it into difficult, life-changing Jesus ministry. Because Jesus isn't just providing us a building, He's providing us opportunity. And I'm wondering if we will take advantage of it. You see, in Mark chapter 6, the the disciples take advantage of Jesus' calling. Go and see how many things do you have. We have five loaves, two fish, and Jesus provides out of the very little they have. Everyone eats that day. In fact, they eat so much, there's left over yet for all the people that were fed out of five loaves and two fish. And we often wonder, well, how does Jesus do it? Jesus does it because He loves us. 
And if ministry is based on what I think or what you think, we'll always get caught up in budgets, we'll always get caught up in reasons, we'll always get caught up in logic, we'll always get caught up in the amounts of resources we have. We'll look at the five loaves and the two fish, and we will forget that Jesus loves us and He loves the people that do not know Him in this neighborhood. And He will ask of us, what are you doing to feed those that are around you? We have an opportunity over this next year to envision and prepare and to set ourselves up for ministry for decades to come. We can't just sit and wait and hope good things come. We will prepare ourselves and we will act. We can't just wait for a building. We can't just wait for a budget. We can't just wait for the moment. We will prepare ourselves and we will provide out of five loaves and two fish. I believe that. I believe that because Jesus provides. Now, I'm out of time, and we're going to offer an invitation this morning. One of our shepherds, David Kern, is going to make himself available in the back of the cafeteria. I'm going to make myself available up front uh, this morning during the singing of one last song. And we're going to talk about these, these, uh, these things out of March 6 over the next several weeks. But one of the things I think would be a neat exercise, if you're looking for preacher homework, here you go. Take, a, take count. Take count of your life and the things and the people and the situation, circumstances that God has provided in your life. might call it a blessings list, whatever it may be, but start taking count of it. Because here's what I wholeheartedly believe. Even in the most difficult situations that I might call in my ministry, the congregational ministry life, God provides. God has provided. And God continues to provide. And God's people, we can easily say it's not enough but God's people are called to be filled with faith that five loaves, two fish is all we need because Jesus provides the rest. Maybe we're stuck. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're in a moment where that seems far-fetched and out of bounds and completely uh, nonsensical. Then this invitation's for you. You can find myself up front or David in the bag, but maybe in this moment we can just take a moment to be in the presence of God and to ask God to show you, to show us what it looks like to live out in faith where God will provide when it seems like there's no way it can happen. Let's stand together and let's sing in this place.